This is a Valerie Moss original podcast. Hey everyone, it's Valerie here. For today's episode, as we continue to count up to our 100th episode, is about a fallen soldier, summer camps. This is sort of when I get into the background recordings, my life in signs, a milestone birthday, a podcast winner, and more. Enjoy today's part two of five episode. Welcome back to Valerie's Variety Podcast with your host, me, Valerie Moss. This show is about eating, reading, and creating. How these three things influence us every day and the people that make this happen. Isn't it you or me or our friends? Episode 21, Calgary Summer Camps for six-year-olds or six-yo. For all you parents out there, this is a great, a great go-to article, pre-COVID, obviously, for summer camps. And top pick of our house is... Camp Miss Skepatoon, a sleepaway camp. Go there now. I loved it because we went on a road ride. There's, you need to pass basically, but it's pretty easy and it's very fun at Pedal Heads. And we did do left hand signal. We did right hand signal. We even did sideways left hand signal. So sideways left hand signal is if you were going to go like turning in a circle, you had to do that side. So you had to do that side, but you turn it in a circle, basically. And, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I can't speak. And um, I think that your child might really like this if they're very interested in biking. Because I love it. And then the next camp was through the Calgary Zoo. And it was called Grade 1 Rangers. And she had a little buddy in this camp, so that helped somebody she knew. Obviously, this setting is amazing. It's outdoors, and you're surrounded in flowers and gardens and, of course, all sorts of animals. They get to see and experience an amazing ecosystem down there at the zoo. And they come home super tired, and they have water fights and decorate everything and make special story sticks and talking figures and paper bags, some things. And yeah, it's just a a great experience for them. Plus, I'm not really a zoo person, so it's probably good if she can go to the zoo as a camp and experience that, or she would probably miss out on the zoo in total. Hi, the cost was $270 for the zoo. So, yeah, and now let's get back. Now let's get back to the zoo. So, um, I think that it was a very nice experience to see all the hippos. And if you have a friend with you, it's very good. And then, <laughs> and we're just, me and my mom are just laughing about because the hippo burped in the thing and it stinked. It was silent. Then we heard a brush of stink. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, but I just have to mention that. And then 
yeah, then um, we went to the peacocks, and we went to the flamingos, and we went to the, don't know, but we went to a lot of different animals, and we saw a lot of different things, and we went into the butterfly oh, exhibit. exhibit, and yeah, and if you didn't hear the cost, I'm just going to remind you that it's 200 in. $75. Make sure you have that much dollars, else you won't be able to go. Episode 22. Calgary's Lodgepole Pine, Pines Contorta. Contorta is a fun word to say. Just say, Contorta, Contorta. Episode about our local forests. Take a listen to maintain healthy populations of diverse ages. They have serotonous cones. This means that the cones are closed and must be exposed to high temperatures, such as from forest fires, in order to open and release their seeds. Two Men Tuesday, Episode 23. Calgary, pay attention. This Quick segment is discussing Calgary's languages. First, English. Second is Punjabi. Here is a clip. Second is a Chinese dialect, which is separated into five main groups. Mandarin, Yu, which includes Cantonese, Min, Wu, and Hakka make up the other four. Episode 24. Calgary History William Bill Shaliver, 1977 This was a true project using voices from other people to make this story come alive. Another top post I'm extremely proud of my mom and my mom's extremely proud of is this fallen officer. New baby in his young wife's tummy and a prisoner in the end who wants conjugal visits. Who's the prisoner? Take a listen. Dun, dun, dun. That's Sergeant Ron Gutterich. He was discussing what he saw at the scene the night Shaliver and Peterson were shot. He looked guilty. The two men described by Calgary police as associates to Glareman have been arrested in Edmonton, just three hours north of Calgary, and charged with a gunshot break-in, as well as armed robberies there. He deliberately shot two officers and didn't show any remorse. Here's Crown Prosecutor Paul Trumka. The accused Roy Glerman was an accurate shot. He hit his targets, Shelever once and Peterson twice. He intended to use the pistol as a weapon. The accused showed not a slightest bit of remorse. He immediately leaves the car and attempts to kill another officer. So we know now that Shaliver was shot twice in the back of the head. First degree murder, what does this mean? Mostly what I could find referenced the United States of America and today's justice details, not from 1970. Any intentional murder that is willful and premeditated with a malice afterthought. 
felony murder, a charge that may be filed against a defendant who is involved in a dangerous crime where a death results from the crime, is typically first-degree murder. First-degree is slightly different results, as we do not have the death penalty in Canada. Currently, first-degree means planned and deliberate murder, contracted murder. Murder is planned and deliberate when it is committed pursuant to an arrangement under which money or anything of value passes or is intended to pass from one person to another. And this is interesting, is murder of a police officer. Irrespective of whether a murder is planned and deliberate on the part of any person, murder is first degree when the victim is a police officer or other person employed for the preservation and maintenance of the public peace, acting in the course of his duties. Glareman gets life for slay police officer. Found guilty in four ways of first-degree murder. Mandatory life imprisonment. This means he met four of the criteria for first-degree murder. The criteria today may not have been the criteria in the 70s. Number one, culpable homicide. Number two, attempting to commit robbery by pointing a gun at the officers trying to steal their weapons. Number three, threatening the officers with his gun was likely to cause a struggle and potential death of a police officer. And number four, even if a murder isn't planned. Episode 25, Behind the Shaliver episode. Rookie cop shot and 12 plus voices and where they came from that made this previous episode happen. Such a great collection of talent showcase in an important subject matter. Take a listen. Hi, are you Don from Podskier? No, I am. Like you, I don't have a clue what I'm doing. I'm okay with that. Are you inclusive? Do you like new and obscure podcasts? Do you laugh? Well, let us in your ear holes. Be gentle. But not with not. Next up, we have Dustin Danzer, and he was an officer at the funeral. You don't think about death because there's a job to do. But something like this really makes you stop and think. It's a case where nobody wins and everybody loses. Dustin Dancer has a podcast and a YouTube site where he records his podcast live. He answers questions with comic relief, addressing tough questions from his listeners and discusses life and popular issues on planet Earth. Dustin didn't send me a promo clip, but you can find him at Dustin Danzer on YouTube and Facebook. Thanks, Dustin. Next up, we have Karen Heindel as Mrs. Shaliver. This was kind of neat as she was interested in contributing. And when I went to her Facebook page to message her, she lives in Germany I asked if she can speak English like a Canadian. She sent me a couple of voice notes through Messenger. And yep, she not only speaks English, but does sound like a Canadian. 
until she said her promo. She's Swedish and runs a Swedish podcast. She's likely the most important voice within this story as she was the wife left behind with a baby bump and now a widow. I thought Karen did a great job. Here's her clip followed by her podcast intro. I find the whole thing disgusting. I can't have conjugal visits. Roy Glareman took that away from me on May 26, 1977. These people can commit the crimes they commit and they are treated better than we are. Hi, this is Karen Heimdall. I helped out with some voice work and I was offered to plug my podcast. However, my podcast is in Swedish, so unless you speak Swedish, uh, you're best off supporting me if you want to by following us on Twitter. We are at Naya Svarta, as in N-Y-A-S-V-A. Episode 26, Review, 10, 5, and, and Humanity. A lingering episode. Why? Because of the man down on his luck with his special orange rock. A vegetarian go-to family style restaurant, which is a tongue twister. Outside, even though it was slightly cool, their exterior heaters were on and we enjoyed this very much. Crisp fall air. The washrooms, however, are located beneath the restaurant. And to get to them, you needed to practically tour the entire facility. But once you find them, down two flights of stairs, around the corner, past another giant bar, with large screen TVs everywhere, past all the incredible aluminum casts encased within glass walls, great for watching their brewmade inside, you finally come upon the washrooms. These are beautiful. Along the wall where the sinks are, the lower half is glass and faces outside into an enclosed area just for this space. The top half is covered in mirrors. And there's a long banquette with mustard yellow tapestry and exposed lighting coming out from over top of the high backs. Almost like you could lay down with a good book and chill out for hours. This is the ladies' washroom. We had great service here, and it's kind of a family-style place. There was kids around, and one lady behind us had her little baby bundled in a a wrap across her body, and we were sitting along the bar and visiting and hanging out. Um, Not the actual bar, but the bar facing out into 17th Avenue. It's just kind of a nice casual place for a glass of wine and some munchies on a Friday night or Sunday afternoon as you're walking around 17th Avenue. So check it out. Their website is called trolley, T-R-O-L-L-E-Y 5.com. For my closing review, I want to share a story about humanity. Every Thursday morning, I drop London off to school and then I head up 17th Avenue Southwest toward Crowchild. 
There's a small second cup coffee house I stop into and work for approximately one hour before I head to my meeting. I drive along and park, come into this coffee house, and lo and behold, there's a person sleeping while sitting up in the exact spot I always sit at. Hmm. I kind of take in the surroundings. There's not generally many people in this place at this time in the morning, as most people are going through the drive through Today is no exception. I order my tea and keep kind of looking at this person. Episode 27, V-Squared Promo Take 1. Just a quick promo clip highlighted episodes 1 to 12. Remember, we aren't supposed to last past this. Take a listen. Is actually the sentence. So they're famous for the uh, tableside Caesar salad, and they're famous for their cherries jubilee. Because it's a train dog. Would you rather give up iPad, candy, or friends? iPad. Why an iPad? I like friends and candy best. That's a great answer. Some people uh, will try and hide drugs in their person. Mm-hmm. Um, We're not talking about ears. No, certainly right. not. It landed me in... Episode 28. Compass, which way? Ugh. Are you like my mom and have no homing device? A fun episode to talk about internal compasses. Take a listen. Up here. And she too has this obstacle. Thanks to Google for helping us out getting east and left where we needed it. In my profession, I have the requirement to be on job sites. I must know north. I typically will memorize a map of the area and orient myself to always know north. And really map out my area. Spatial surroundings so I know exactly what people are referring to. Northwest Ball in the South Corridor. This would just make me cringe inside. I didn't know this instinctively, but I could review my map and know the top meant north, then be sure of where they were referring to. Over time, I memorized and store this information to make my personal life and work life easier. But it does not come naturally, like a lot of people I know. Within the last couple of weeks, this has truly tested and frustrated me. Picture this. I have a compass app on my phone. I have my iPad for documentation. I have the compass in the truck as I move through the city to all of these max BRT bus stops. I need to document westbound, eastbound, northbound, and southbound directions for the platforms. So I have all of these compasses, tools, and help, and I'm still like, well, this is sort of like north, northwestish. Good God, it's so frustrating. Even with the tools I have, I still second guess exactly. Point me straight north or point me straight west or put me on the road that is exactly this and I'm good. Any variance and I'm totally mixed up. I'm not the only one. I realize this, but it affects me on a grand scale as it takes me more time to figure out where I am and what direction I'm going. A funny story while I was on a large job site. 
I was to meet another subtrade in the northeast end of the airport. Episode 29. New podcast for you. Whether it's a series or a story told over a few episodes or something like NPR, this is a great list of my faves. Take a listen. Continue creating and publishing content and staying active with my listeners. I really like this option. So for the TMT episodes, I'm capturing Calgary. From bugs to stampede to restaurant reviews, it will be encapsulated within these snippety segments. If you have a question about Calgary, text or email me to Valerie at ValerieMoss.ca. What makes this Calgary unique to you? And what do you want to learn about it? What do you love and hate about this amazing city? Let me know. I wanted to add cover art for these TMTs or Two Minute Tuesday episodes. Resorted to my trusted Adobe Spark account, I designed three options and then put it out there for you all to vote on. Facebook. Here's the options. Option A. Blue, black, and gray. Two boxes on the top and a large box below. One of the small boxes is blue with black writing and houses the words Valerie and YYC. The second small box is gray with black writing and says 120 seconds, S-E-C-S. The last box, which is larger, has a giant white number two and beside that it says minute in blue and Tuesday in off-white. The overall look is trendy. Option B has a two-minute vertical kitchen sand timer image. Glowing circle around the timer with the slightest hint of a city captured roughly in the background. The overall look is mysterious black and white with Valerie and YYC in the upper right corner. White on black background and the words two-minute Tuesdays beside the timer in a dark red color. Overall look, mysterious. Option C is green, brown, and white. Essentially a large green background square with a smaller brown rectangle below this. It starts with a large white number two with a brown shadow box behind this. And the word minute in scribble font, that white again, on a brown rectangular border. There's a stamp white circle with a border. Within this stamp it reads, Tuesdays in the green from the background coming through. Overall look is news. Check these images out at ValerieMoss.ca as I'm sure I can do them justice in my descriptors, but not as good as seeing the actual picture. When I posted this to Facebook for feedback, by a landslide, option B was chosen. Episode 30. Signs, signs, everywhere is signs. My mom's entire career is based on signage, and here's the one project that changed her. Take a listen. Sign type B. There's 300 artwork layouts for this sign, as each one of these sign types says something different based on the area it's installed in. Clear? This can be a long process.
when we were submitting for the artwork portion of the signage for this particular airport project, all of the alarm bells started ringing. Why? Because the owner and the consultants were still debating the artwork. What? I know this sounds crazy, but it's the truth. They weren't sure if certain pieces of content should be included or a symbol should look this way. So things were stalled. We needed to make a decision as a team. Do we produce the signage without artwork? This means that it will only be considered half done. Plus, sort of around this time frame, the changes started pouring into the project. This affected us being the last trade in sequence, and we came after every other trade's changes were approved. By a financial standpoint, and completed so we could get into this area, confirm our location and position for the signage, and actually proceed. Who were some of the other trades on site? When you think of construction, you likely think of framers, borders, insulation, electrical. Yep, you're right. But there's also the power and data trade, ceiling, walls, which can be made out of different materials, like, of course, drywall, but phenolic panel, glass, diamond mesh plating, and more. There's also trades like coring and welding and flooring and carpet and masonry. And don't forget about painting. Did you know some of the steel columns need to have paint called intumescent paint, which has like 30 layers? Don't even get me started. All of these trades and more make up approximately 1,500 people on this job site. And there was approximately 12 women, and I was one of them. Pink hat and all. Working with all of these trades was very interesting. I learned a lot and have a ton of fodder for years to come. Have you heard of a scrum meeting? This is when your group or a group you need to work with has a daily meeting to discuss what you are doing, waiting on, who this may affect. This is also to know what you didn't complete from the previous day and why. Another trade may be waiting on you and vice versa. I came in last for completion. For the most part, but... Episode 31 Merry Christmas! A personal Christmas story about my childhood made my auntie smile. Can you hear the fireplace? crackling, and the people chanting and chattering. I can take a listen to the best Merry Christmas podcast. Episode, sorry, episode. For the best Christmas tree. A real tree picked right in our backyard up the mountainside. The tree could barely fit through the door. The decorating would ensue and Christmas was well underway.
You see, our family was big, and people were scattered all over the country. We had aunties and uncles in Ontario and British Columbia, as well as when my family moved us to Saskatchewan and family in Edmonton, but we would all descend into our hometown where we were all raised on the snowy-capped mountain resort that was familiar and special to each one of us in a different or similar way. This is my dad's side. Her maternal side also lived in this area, just east in a small town. Hinton, Alberta, still nestled in the Rocky Mountains, this is a town where people did not lock their doors. The parents teach at the schools or work at the hospitals and for the town. The town started me. It showed me trust, where kids played freely in the streets till past dark, and it was safe. My mom Candace with us two girls, she was the eldest, with her husband Doug. Auntie Janet comes next. Then Auntie Kathy, with Uncle Randy, rest in peace. And her three girls, Amy, Shannon, and Tracy. And the next comes Auntie Lana, with her husband Dan. And last but not least, Uncle Glenn, and his longtime girlfriend Jackie, with their son Jarvis. We would arrive at Auntie Kathy, she would always have some sewing projects started. I'm making seven matching pajama bottoms. What, Auntie? It's like two days before Christmas. She'd laugh and say, I know, we better get at it. I would come to expect these last-minute late nights with Auntie, always squeezing in one final special gift and wrapping present into the wee hours of the night. Episode 32, Vegas, baby! A first getaway after becoming parents. A milestone birthday and our 17th anniversary, a dog's tail remains safe. And a 20-foot doll comes to life. Here's the clip. Take a listen. Grouped of objects within a small, intimate exhibit. It's outside. And it's surrounded by a picket fence. The fence is white. She's connected by cogs and pulleys, along with metal contraptions. Her eyes are open, big and wide. She has short, almost a china doll haircut. And she's like a statue. But you know, she might just come to life. We continue on and we find a small table at the restaurant just beside this art gallery and proceed to order a couple of drinks. We're sitting kind of outside at a small table. Along the perimeter is a small fence of this neat little restaurant. The host and hostesses are really inviting and entice you to come in and enjoy. There's a man with a really large dog walking in. He's sitting just around the corner from where I'm sitting. He's bellied up to the bar, and his large dog is laying down with his broad, heavy collar on. He's extremely fluffy and looks tired. 
he proceeds to lay down with his tail just shy of where all the foot traffic is walking by. Any minute, somebody will step on his tail. But it never happens. We hang out at this place for a prolonged time, just taking in the experience. The Vegas experience. As we're sitting enjoying, I see something move above me, kind of around the corner of the bar, where the dog's tail is still safe. And here's the giant little doll. She's moving and blinking her eyes. She's singing to some song in the background. And moving her feet. She's walking, walking like, but strangely not making any traction. I feel sort of intimidated like a peek into an unusual episode or ch- of Chucky. Maybe I'm not sure. This, what I'm seeing though, isn't normal. A large robotic baby doll. I'm not supposed to do this. Everyone is watching. It's like a car crash. You couldn't look away. Doesn't last long. The pulleys pulling and the metal gliding and the arms and eyes moving. Fun fact about my mom. My mom owned her own exhibit company. It's awesome. Episode 33, Pure Vietnamese Kitchen. I love Vietnamese food, and my mom does too. Why? Because who doesn't love a great bowl of soup and the freshest ingredients? This is my family's favorite place. Take a listen. Plus sprouts already placed in the soup and a separate dish of crispy chicken with a side of pea shoot salad, topped with a light, airy, sweet dressing. It's so good. London and I shared this soup. The lemongrass. The lemongrass. Jeff ordered the lemongrass shrimp vermicelli bowl. Lots of bits and nuts, seasoning, fresh lemongrass, mint, cilantro sprinkled throughout. A single vegetarian spring roll cut diagonally on the side, topped with carrots, julienne, amongst other vegetables. Truly a work of art on his plate. Episode 34, Friends. What does it mean to have a true friend? Trust and loyalty in savoring the moment. Take a listen. Writer that's been passed around on Facebook, and I wanted to just share that with you. The second is one of London's reading books. She's in grade two, and it was my time to pick the book and read. I chose Barack Obama, written by R. K. Burris. By the end of the story, I was choked up. Here's what I learned about Barack. He's kind to the core. His mom is white, and his dad is also named Barack. And he left when Barack was young. He was raised by his grandparents from the age of 10. He went to Harvard to become a lawyer so he could help change laws. Volunteered to help people learn about jobs. 
street people, low-income people, poverty people, all people. He was collaborative and positive. He wanted to empower everybody. He worked at all kinds of charities, donating his smarts and his personal time. Did I mention he's kind to the core? He's always smiling. We miss you, Obama. London asked me why this made me have an emotional reaction. Hmm. How do you explain this to a seven-year-old? I just said he was a kind man and did well for the United States and our world. And the current president is very different. How would you have answered this? Let me know. In closing, be someone people can trust and rely on. Have integrity. Be a good person even if no one's watching or measuring. Be that best friend. I've been reading this book called Skeletons in My Closet. It's written by a Calgary detective called Dave Sweets. He wrote, don't be average. Be a bit better than average. A bit better is easy. A bit better doesn't take much effort. But the results will show tenfold. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. Episode 35, Mental Health Podcast Challenge. My mom won an award for this write-up. And my mom believes we all go through boats of mental health challenges. Here's the clip. Take a listen. What we need to do is to embrace it, live it, let it fester for its time, and then forgive it, leave it by the curb, and become more whole than you have ever. This is now part of you, whether you like it or not. The heaviness of this moment, this person, this loss, this love... have my moments with Christmas just passed and not seeing my mom for another Christmas. But I have friends that fill up my days and I'm open to trying, buying, eating, drinking, talking, playing, being together, saying yes when asked, being the asker because I need to be purposeful and fulfilled. Love life more and be better, do more and be stronger for it. But reaching out to the people who matter and who you matter to is the most important. Mental illnesses are cognitive thinking skills. Can we presume we know what someone is thinking? Yes, of course. Is it accurate to the depths we want to perceive it to be? Likely not. It may be close, but it's not the everything. For me, I need to be with people. From what I know about mental illness is that it's a lonely spot to be in. It's cold and isolated. When you're with people you feel warm and cared for, this matters. You matter. We need to matter to people and to the most important person, ourself. I lost one of the most important people to me a year or so ago. And I have this hole in my heart even when I write this. No tears now.
Episode thirty six. Calgary Scottish roots, or should I say, Calgarits, meaning pasture by the bay. Its name has been sold. This castle stands proud, surrounded by the luscious forest enveloping its firm stone body. The grey fortress, boasting ten bedrooms and gothic-looking windows, has a medieval look, all on its own. A large, inviting white door and beautifully kept, vibrant green lawn surrounded the eleven-hectare property. There was a bidding war across the globe as the property's asking price was a mere seven hundred thousand euros, approximately one point two million. However, it went far higher. Fun fact: My mum cannot roll her tongue, and I can, and so can my dad. Episode thirty-seven: Local Parentis, Student versus Institution. Schools act as a parent to our children. Well, the grown-ups' children. I'm just a kid. Here's the clip. Take a listen. And this is also in Ontario, St. Patrick's Catholic School. St. Patrick's Catholic High School, located in Sarnia, Ontario. This high school's principal at the time had an agreement with local police to bring in drug-sniffing dogs at random and convenient to the police service to search the school. The school had been known to have drug problems on the school property as well as off-school property. This institution asked the question that the principal was onto something. The police did not have any knowledge of drugs being on the school at the time of the unscheduled search. Here's how the story went. All kids were in class. Some have left their backpacks in the gym, lined up along the wall. When the police showed up one random day, the principal at the time made an announcement that they were conducting a random police investigation, and students should remain in their classrooms. The police started throughout the school, ending up in the gym, and the sniffer dog chief immediately indicated to a backpack. The dog handler gave said backpack to another police officer, and it was searched to find five bags of marijuana, a tin containing a further five bags of marijuana, a bag containing approximately ten magic mushrooms, psilocybin, a bag containing a pipe, a lighter, rolling papers, and a roach clip. A.M. the student's initials, his wallet. Containing his identification was in the backpack. He was charged with possession for the purpose of trafficking marijuana and possession of mushrooms. The argument from the school side is that they were not involved in the investigation. Besides this announcement that was made to keep students inside the classrooms, the total investigation took one to two hours. This was during class time. Episode thirty-eight. Concrete at the Glenbo. A cast cement art piece representing our Alberta heritage: oil, wheat, cowboy hat, 
and Chinook Arch. Did you know the concrete murals on the side of the Glumbo Museum facade are by artist Robert Aldrich? These are made of cast cement. The thoughts behind these are reflective of our city. Cowboy Hat, Oil Derrick, and our infamous Chinook Arch. Robert came to our great city and mixed his sand and water creations for us to enjoy. More of his work is plastered on other buildings like Bishop Grandin High School, the previous location of the city's central library, and others. He immigrated to Calgary in 1951 from the Czech Republic. He passed away in 1983 in the U.S. Episode 39. Taxi! Taxi, over here! This is when my mom started to play with the recording backgrounds and using this in her shows. It was such an interesting conversation with a taxi driver from Pakistan and his family story. Province and our birthing practices. In the end, we all want healthy babies and healthy moms. Whereas in Calgary, they would rather do a cesarean than anything else. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Our doctors are, they want things planned and push people through the system. To clarify, this is also the decision of some moms out there. They want this process to be set and organized, booked, not an organic process. Living on branding, 
inhale such a nice fresh food, organic food. Over there you are not eating organic food. Episode 40, Activities for Kids and Parents. In this episode, I talk about group sports as Mom and I started taking karate together. And boy, was this successful. Take a listen. And now on to swimmer two. We go to Clarney Swimming Pool on Saturday mornings. And the class is about 45 minutes long. Take a listen. Spending summers at the lake, vacationing in places with oceans and pools, and travel to hotels with pools has pushed us in to ensure London has the training and skills to be good, safe swimmer with confidence. Do your kids swim? Are you a swimmer? It's interesting being in the pool, viewers area, and seeing the adults taking lessons. You think that it's amazing for them to be doing this class, but honestly, it's likely a very scary thing to be doing and going through as an adult. Learning a new skill and showing your vulnerability is a lesson in modesty, and I wish them all luck and courage to get through this. As a side story, there was this little munchkin being brought to class by her mama. She was resisting major big time. As Jeff and I sat in the viewing area... This timid girl was running back to the entry into the change room, peeking out to her mama and shaking her, her head. No way am I going. Then she would walk out to her mama, take the scene in again. Then the mama eventually handed the child to the teacher. The child was continuously resisting, yelling out, Mama, I have to tell you something. Mama, please, I just need to tell you something. Oh, man. It just tested the parenting reactions. I was almost in tears, ready to hear what she needed to tell her mama. Whatever it might have been. Episode 41, Banff Mountain Getaway. One thing about my mom is she loves the mountains. The sun on her face and snow all around her. Here's a trip that my family, my mom and my dad, took through the mountains. Here's the clip. Take a listen. So great. And there's a small little workout area, tiny. And so we enjoyed our afternoon there. It was lovely. After the pool, we got ready to go to dinner. As you heard, we made reservations at La Terrazza Dining Room. The menu sounded great and the ambience was very fitting. Jeff enjoyed the lobster fettuccine and I tried their special big fish served on rice with veggies. It was pretty good. Mine was definitely the best meal on the table. London just ate off of our plates and shared with us. I just love that she's adventurous with food. Are your kids? Would they eat lobster and a large flat fish with head and eyes still intact? The next morning, we enjoyed brunch in their Crave restaurant, located upstairs, surrounded by large windows on the one side to overlook the Banff Mountains and areas. 
This brunch has been nominated for the best brunch in BAP, a word a few times, and this occasion didn't disappoint. Our waitress was an Aussie, and you could tell she loved her job. Um, it's under Jeff Moss, but we're a bit early. Yeah, that's fine. We've got okay. time already. Thank you. For three, yes, please. While we were waiting for a waitress, a man came moseying into the restaurant. All the waiters and waitresses said hi to him. He was known to them and familiar. He seemed pleasant enough making his way through the restaurant with his walker to assist him. He was a tall man with gray showing on his face and top of his head. Once he removed his toque, he scooched through the tables gingerly placing his walker to not bump into anything. Once he got situated, they brought him coffee. I couldn't help but notice this man. Later I met him up at the buffet and we were standing side by side. He asked me if I was enjoying Banff, and I said yes. I returned the question, and he said yes for about 60 years. And the mountains were bigger back then. A local, as I suspected. Born and raised in Banff. How lucky. So, what did you think about part two? It's been amazing to go back and revisit these shows. So much I've learned about myself, I love the winters, and about this great city that I've put down some serious roots. My favorite episode about humanity and the man with his orange rock, the dog's safe tale, our Chinooks, and more. All the links to these shows, of course, are in the show notes along with updated episode artwork. So check it out, valeriemoss.ca. This is Valerie Moss in Studio 17. Twenty-one Calgary summer camps for a six-yo. Six-year-old. Oh, <laughs> the yo. Let's start. Let's try again. <laughs> okay, no more dun dun dun, please. That's my second dun dun dun. Have I done twenty more? Not quite. Ten more to go. No way, man. That creeps me out. That's what was, that's what was there, though.